This is Talking Flames, your favorite podcast to get the ins and outs of what's happening with the Calgary Flames and the rest of the hockey world. Join Ryan Hunt and Reese Martin every week to hear some laughs, gaffs, and hot takes about your Calgary Flames. Try to some save, rebound, he yeah! scores! Yeah, baby! Yeah, baby! My kid, gentlemen, scores! The Flames win it! One nothing! Yeah, baby! Hello, hello, and welcome to Talking Flames, your favorite hockey podcast covering everything you need to know about your Calgary Flames. I'm your host, Ryan Hunt. And I'm Reese Martin. Dude, okay, so we're doing something new this time around. So we are recording this on uh, Thursday night, uh, November 16th. And the Flames are currently playing the Canucks right now. So we're kind of like, we're even doing like a little bit of a live reaction type dealio here. But, you know, just you wait, we're, we just started recording at the beginning of intermission. So we're not going to talk about it for another 20 minutes. <laughs> Things always go to plan over here. But anyway, yeah, so we're doing something a little new. And as we are talking, the score is one to one. Flames lead the shots 12 to 9. And well, Reese always has the advanced stats pulled up. So, what's going on here? So, yeah, uh, Pedersen opened it up uh, just about 10 minutes in. Uh, and then Weger tied it up uh, with a couple minutes left to go to intermission. As you mentioned, uh, we're leading in shots right now. Uh, Canucks have one over us in the faceoff dot. Uh, not a whole lot else to say other than that. Uh, we both got two two minors so far, but uh, no power play points. But uh, before we get back to that, we have some other games to talk about first. Let's take a blast in the past real quick. All right. On Friday, <laughs> November 10th, uh, we headed to Toronto to face the Leafs. Uh, as we were kind of alluding to uh, last podcast uh, with Markstrom being absent from practice on Wednesday... He did end up uh, going on the injured list for a few days. Uh, so, of course, Dustin Wolf was called up, as we mentioned. Uh, he would serve as the backup to Dan Vladar in this game. Uh, this game was, I'd say, a pretty wild one. Uh, so, Leafs opened up the scoring. Uh, Zeri tied it up a few minutes later. Then it was three straight goals from the Leafs, uh, taking us uh, into the second period. And then we mounted a bit of a comeback through the uh, latter half of the second period into the third period. Uh, tied it up. Game went to overtime. Uh, no one scored. And then we had like six rounds of shootout uh, with Max Domi eventually netting the winner. So uh, a four to five loss there. Uh, Vladar, once again, a rough outing. Seemed like he's had a lot of those so far. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ryan? Well, I mean, of course, you know, Flames winning a shootout challenge, impossible. Swear to God, we'll never see this team, like, win an overtime or shootout. I'm just still scarred from last year. But, you know, looking away from that, honestly, I'm pretty, um, like, I watched I watched the shootout because um, I was busy that evening. And for the most part, like, you know, looking at high highlights of the game and watching the shootout, like, yes, the Leafs are off to a bit of a slow start, just, like, 
every other Canadian team except the Canucks. <laughs> um, they're still like star studded to the high heavens, you know. And even like they 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 make pretty things on accident. Like, did you see what Marner did in the shootout? What did Reese? he do? No, I didn't. You didn't see it? Oh my god, he he misplayed. He bounced the puck over his stick like three times. He completely fumbled it, but still somehow got it back and completely undressed Vladar. Oh, wow. Nice. I slammed my desk when I saw that. <laughs> I'll admit. But, um, yeah, like, they are, they are so good. But the Flames held their own against this star-studded team. And they got the point out of it. And honestly, I can't be that mad, right? Yeah, so obviously this game was not the biggest piece of news to come from this team Friday night. Uh, after, after the game, uh, Nikita Zadorov's agent uh, put out a release that he had requested a trade from the Flames. There were some rumors going around that apparently Ryan Reeves told Zadorov, you are exactly what we need on this team. And I mean, that's very true, the least... 100% could use a guy like Zadorov. Uh, but yeah, obviously, as of the time of recording, November 16th, he's still here. Uh, teams connected to him have been the Canucks and, and the Leafs, of course. But as of now, you know, there's been no movement. To be honest, like, I'm not mad at Zadorov for this happening because, you know, the player versus their agent, they're two completely different people. Um, I think we've seen it with Huberto and his agents in the past. But, like, in this case, like, what a horrible time to request a trade. Like, who like who the hell is requesting a trade at this time of year? Who? No one. So, and, like, just when things are, like, starting to roll with this team, you know, the, the young guys are starting to come in, you know, the, the wins maybe not necessarily starting to pile up. But, you know, they're starting to show up on the score sheet. Like, things are starting to... The kinks are starting to work themselves out a little bit, you know? But this is the kind of stuff that destroys locker rooms. And honestly, the Flames locker room is so fragile right now. You know, guys are coming up on um, on expiring deals. You know, there, there's been so much drama in the past year or so. And for this to happen now is like... It's like almost like the final blow of death. I agree. I mean, once again, we're not going after Zadora or his agent here. Like, it is a business, but kind of feels like we were making some good steps in the right direction. As you said, the wins weren't necessarily piling up, but it felt like this team was back on track. And yeah, as you said, you know, learning of a trade request, that's a gut punch. And I think, spoiler alert, I think that showed the very next night in Ottawa. Like, Zadorov came out and he said that, you know, this is a separate conversation between me and my agent, you know. And we just got to remember, we just got to keep in mind that this did not come from Zadorov himself. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. he said, I think, earlier this year, like this calendar year, that he wants to stay in Calgary. He'd want to retire in Calgary. And he even reiterated that thing. But... I have a feeling maybe this is a conversation that Conroy 
and Zadorov, maybe his agent as well, had during the offseason or something like that, that maybe this would want to happen. And then, you know, season started the way it did. You know, things started tumbling downhill. And then his agent was just like, all right, enough's enough. And he just kind of spoke on his behalf. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, Zadorov's having the best start to the season. Uh, looks like he's in for a career year, which is great for him because he's going into a contract year. So, I mean, coming from his agent, who it's his job to look out uh, for Zadorov in terms of, you know, getting himself into the best situation, making the most money. So, yeah, I mean, if he's going to have a career year this year, like, if he's going to do that with a contender, you know, maybe get some playoff action in there, that's going to help him earn more money on his next contract. So I can completely kind of understand the the logic from all sides on that front. But once again, definitely a gut punch when it seems like things were kind of on the rise a bit. Boy, and I mean, like, you made a good point. You know, at the end of the day, this is a business. And the agent, a player's agent's job is to, you know secure the bag for their agent and in this case you know securing the bag could be you know getting the hell out of a you know fringe rebuilding team and go into a contender maybe making a deep playoff run and securing an even bigger bag in the offseason than he would if he stayed in calgary exactly right so you know there is that side of things but i think it, my personal opinion this was like the worst possible time to request a trade for the locker room culture, but also just like at this time of year, it's so, it's so goofy. Exactly. And yeah, I kind of hinted at it earlier. Like it seemed like that did kind of throw things off the next night when we went to Ottawa, uh, Dustin Wolf did get the start this game. Uh, once again, team had a slow start, uh, not even five minutes into the second, the Senators were up by two. Coleman put one back to bring us within one, but the third period, right when it started, we just looked absolutely flat, and the Senators got two quick one sentence in less than a minute and a half, and the game was out of reach by that point. I will say, Wolf did play really quite well. I honestly couldn't fault him on any of the four goals that were scored on him. They were all a tip-in, you know pretty uh out there goals for him to have saved so you know despite the fact that he uh, saved 34 38 for an 895 save percentage i still think he looked really good uh i don't know those were kind of my takeaways from that game and i mean honestly my takeaways were the exact same thing like all eyes were on dustin wolf and he performed pretty well it just kind of sucked that the team in front of him just didn't really feel like showing up that night, which, you know, could be on the heels of, you know, what happened after the game in Toronto. But, you know, in his season debut, he made over 30 saves, which, Can't you know, ask it's, more than that. it's no exactly. laughing matter. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, we could say like, oh, he, he, he made 30 plus saves from the Ottawa Senators. How crazy. They're still an NHL team. You know, they're not an AHL team. They're an NHL team, right? There's a fine difference. So <laughs> he did really well. And, you know, I'm always one to talk about confidence. You know, confidence is key in in the game of hockey and especially with goaltenders. So, 
you know, I really hope that this whole shebang didn't really like knock his confidence. Um, and he goes back into the AHL with with a new purpose. Exactly. I think that's a great point. I, I don't really think like this really affected his confidence. Like the loss sucks, but he did. He did play pretty well overall. Uh, of course, he did not stick around long. Uh, before Tuesday's game in Montreal against the Hebs, uh, he was sent down as Jacob Markstrom uh, returned from his injury. Uh, he did start in this game, and let me just say, he had a fantastic showing. Uh, the final score was 2-1 to the Flames, so great for us to pick up a victory. Uh, the Kadri, Zeri, and now Pospisil line stayed hot. Kadri uh, scored in the first. Uh, Lindstrom tied it up within like 15 seconds for the Habs. Uh, but then uh, Zeri had the game winner uh, about 10 minutes later. And it was the Jacob Markstrom show from there on out. He had uh, 34 saves on 35 shots for a 971 save percentage. Uh, came up real clutch for the boys here. So great to see from Markstrom, who, despite the Flames' poor record, I think has had quite a few really good games so far. Uh, unfortunately, as we've talked about at length, uh, the team's effort hasn't necessarily been there in those games, but I really like what I've seen from Markstrom so far, especially after a down year last year. But dude, can we talk about that Kadri goal? Oh my god, I've been I've been needing that so bad. <laughs> and everyone, like I've seen so many people say, like, oh my god, he's such a clown. That's not even a pretty goal. Like, dude, he duped the defense and spun around and just whacked it in. I know, that was a, such a beautiful goal. Yeah, and it was close to the blue line too, wasn't it? Or maybe halfway halfway between the crease and the yeah, blue line. Yeah, it was like sorry, center of the ozone. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, okay. Center of ozone. Yeah, that's the better term for it. But yeah, and like, you know, you mentioned the, the Zeri Kadri Pospisil line. Like, that line is so freaking electric. And honestly, at this point, I would love if Kadri kind of took up the you know, the veteran oh, absolutely. that takes the young guys under his wing because, oh my God, is it ever working so far? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you look at I mean, Pospisil, since he's came up, four points in five games, has looked really good, a solid uh, contributor. Connor Zeri, six points in six games. Uh, of course, looking like he's completely rejuvenated Kadri, who now leads the team in scoring with nine points in 15 games. Uh, of course... Over half of those have came uh, since Zeri was put on his line. So uh, really great to see Kadri, right, who got off to a slow start, really rebound here, right? As you said, he's taken these two young guys under his wing, and it's working out for everyone on the whole team right now. So absolutely great to see that. You know, we talk about Kadri, this Kadri that they're really, and I wish there was, there really isn't anything to report on Huberto. He's still just there yeah so i mean since he got benched for the third in the nashville game uh he had one point uh, he had an assist uh in on zadorov's goal in the toronto game but uh i mean he had 19 minutes of ice time uh the senators game he only played 13 minutes and then in the habs game he played 16 minutes so yeah he's just been real quiet uh Husk has obviously not been giving him as much ice time as you would hope a guy making $10.5 million would get, but 
his play really has not been there this year, as we discussed at length. So you don't play well, you don't play much. That's the that's how it works in the NHL. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know we kind of talked in length about this last episode, but like, I got to bring it up again. Like, I just love Ryan Huska and how he treated that situation with benching Huberto because, you know, it's a little old news, but I, I just can't reiterate how much I love this. You know, he showed that the entire locker room as a rookie head coach that, you know, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how long you've been on this team. I don't care what your role on this team is. If you're not playing up to my standard, you ain't playing at all. So, again, I, I just got to reiterate that because I just love that so much. But anyway, so, yeah, nothing really to report on the Herberto situation. But kind of looping back on Kadri, it was it kind of flew under the radar. Not a lot of people were talking about this. But did you hear the reports that Kadri stated that he was not going to stick around if the team was to rebuild? Yeah, I, I did hear about that. And I... I think that's pretty fair, right? Like, he's 32, uh, getting up there in age. Yeah, he signed a deal to be here for seven years, but you can't really blame a guy like that uh, who, at this point, is, you know, looking for a second cup. Oh, yeah. And he went he, he went to the media just the other day, and, of course, you know, it was brought up. Would you stick around? And... You know, he, he kept it straight to the point. He said, he basically said, um, he kind of refuted the claims, but he kind of floated around that he he wouldn't want to stick around for a rebuild. But he, he kind of doubled down on that and said um, that this team isn't going to rebuild. Um, and he's committed to, you know, trying to work this thing out because they still have a good team in Calgary. God, I heard that so many times, but I mean, he raises a good point where, and it kind of like, it fits my opinion because I don't think this team is necessarily in the situation of a rebuild right now at this very moment in time where we're floating around it admittedly, but you know, with all the young guns, like we talked about last episode that are coming up, you know, Conizari, Martin Pospisil, Matt Coronado, the, Dustin Wolf, the list goes on. Like, this team just kind of seems a little too good to launch into a rebuild. Um, unless if things go just absolutely wrong. Then, okay, maybe we could have that conversation. But, you know, this could be the year maybe we finish maybe bottom five in the league. You get a good draft pick, and then we could be a playoff team next year. Right? So, I don't think this team is going to rebuild. I ain't really worrying about that. But... You know, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess I just want to mention, uh, so Kadri does have a no-movement clause uh, for this season and the next two seasons after that. So, uh, right, he would obviously have to waive that if he was going to get traded. And then goes to a, a modified no-trade clause uh, starting in the 2026-2027 season. So he submits a 13-team no-trade list. Just something to keep in mind, but I think a really good point there. Like, okay, if it comes to it, we can do a quick retool, right? We've got a bunch of young guys coming up, all of which who look fantastic right now. It's all about how you swing the pending free agent situation. So Lindholm, Tanev, Zadorov, uh, Hannafin, obviously, uh, right? Do we trade those guys out to bring in, you know, picks for the long term? 
do we maybe swing some of those guys into kind of some younger players who might contribute now? Do we swing them for players who are going to contribute to the team now? Right. So it's all about how do we swing this current large crop of free agents? Because that's really going to set the tone for how the next few years are going to look. But yeah, I mean, if you trade those pending free agents who you knew aren't coming back, get back some guys who can help the team now. Yeah, this season doesn't go well, but you bounce back next year uh, with a bit of a new look. The young guys have one more year to get better. That could be a really good recipe. Yeah, and just a quick note. Um, currently, as we're talking, the Flames and Canucks game, the second period just started. So if we just randomly randomly are like, oh my god, the Flames scored or, or something like that, that's why. Anyway, yeah. so... Bringing up all those things, it made me remember a really good thing I heard from the from the Flames Nation podcast, a really fantastic podcast. Um, and they talked about the Chris Tanev situation and compared it to an old car that you've had for quite a few years that you finished payments on and you're selling it. The way you advertise it is, you know... This car, I've had it for many years. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, it's old. I finished payments on it. I'm looking to get a new one. There's nothing wrong with it. It has worked fantastically for me for years now. But now that payments are done, I'm looking to move on to something new. And that kind of works with Chris Tanev. Like, he has been amazing for the Flames. Never quite the best player but far from the worst. He's ran our decor for a few years now. He's been fantastic. He's done no wrong. And, you know, I love I love Chris Tanev because, I mean, I've told almost everyone this story in my life that I won a signed Chris Tanev jersey in a silent auction, and that remains to be, like, my one of my most prized possessions, right? So the thought of Chris Tanev leaving the team, like, it, it hurts. So... But comparing Chris Tanev to something, to a concept like that, you know, he's done great for us, but, you know, it's not really worth committing another three or four years to him, right? Exactly, right? He's 33 now, going into unrestricted free agency. Uh, for the past few years with us, he's been quietly one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. He's flown right under the radar. Uh, but obviously at this point, you know, he's looking for that elusive cup since he only played with Vancouver before uh, coming to the Flames. So yeah, he's looking to go get out there, get a cup. Uh, he's the exact type of player that you need as a cup winner. Like, you usually wouldn't think like, oh, he's a kind of a defensive defenseman, 33, going to unrestricted free agency. There's not going to be a ton of value there. But this guy, like, he could fetch a pretty sizable package. Uh, obviously not on the level of Lindholm or Hannafin, but I'd say he's definitely our third most valuable chip here. And if you're a contender out there uh, looking to shore your decor, like, this is the perfect player to do that. And, you know, during the trade deadline, I know Conroy's phone is going to be going crazy. And I hope, I really hope that he doesn't pull a Brad and just like sleep on it <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of teams and a lot of contenders calling up the flames for Zadorov, 
for Tanev, for Hanifin. Jesus Christ, that's like half our decor right there. Ha. Huh. But also, you know, maybe Lindholm, right? I know I mentioned, I think in the last episode of uh, season one, I mentioned that a contender could get desperate enough and, you know, offer a haul for, you know, say like Lindholm if things get bad. Now, I remember I made the reference toward the Bruins just because, you know, coming up the heels of Bergeron and Krejci um, retiring, they have like no center depth. So if they started the season bad, you know, they might offer a haul to the Flames for Elias Lindholm. <laughs> Looking back in the past, that was kind of a bad take because the Bruins are still the Bruins. Not quite last season's Bruins, but they're the Bruins. They're doing just fine. That's not really going to happen anymore. But still, you know, something could happen to the trade deadline. Who who the hell knows what team could come to Conroy's doorstep? But you got you got to take advantage of these opportunities. And, you know, if, if a team offers a really good trade package that maybe is centered around draft picks, you friggin' take it. Because especially, it all depends how the Flames do around the, around the trade deadline too. Because, you know, if they're like a fringe playoff team, <laughs> what do you do there? Because we've seen the Flames like commit to like mid-ass rosters for years now. And it's gotten us nowhere. So, I guess like it's a good, it's a good topic for conversation like... Reese, what would you do if you were the general manager, right? And the Flames were like maybe just sitting outside of a wild card spot, you know, like where we're in there, but we're just sitting outside. What would you do with the trade deadline? I'm saying unless we've got him re-signed or we've got him, you know, 95% certain he's re-signing, sell him off. Like, I don't think we've shown that even if we're a wild card team, if we can get there, that we're a threat to go deep in the playoffs. So you need to capitalize on the value of those assets. Don't pull like a 20-whatever-19 Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, yeah, it was great to get the sweep on Tampa. That was funny. But the amount of value that left that team, no resigning, was devastating. I mean, right now, Lindholm's not doing himself any favors. He's got eight points in 15 games. He has not got a single point in the last five games. So he has been definitely tumbling his stock uh, so far this season. So that is something to pay attention to if that trend continues because we might not be able to get quite the big package that we thought we were going to be able to get at the beginning of the year. That is true. That is something I forgot to mention earlier. Yeah. Um, and I do agree with you. If, you know, if we're in the, if we're in the same position as last year going in the, into the trade deadline, right? Like, no chances. You know, we take no chances on this. Like, if we're not playing up to snuff, like, according to what our payroll should be, which is, you know, contending, then sell it. Sell them all. You know, like, we we can't afford to lose all of these guys for nothing. We can't afford to lose Lindholm, Zadorov, Tanev, Hanifin. God, there might be more for squat we just can't that's literally the kachuk and goodrow situation times three 
So if this team's doing mid, we sell, which is probably what's going to happen. I think uh, there was a report that came out. Apparently, uh, before they heard his classic, uh, the team and Noah Hannafin were close on an extension. I believe it was a $60 million extension, so $7.5 million uh, over eight years, which I think... I think it is pretty fair for what Noah Hannafin brings at this point, but uh, according to the reports, I think Hannafin uh, backed out of it shortly after the Heritage Classic, and there hasn't really been much discussion on that ever since. Now, and of course, I'm not knocking Hannafin as a player. Like he's he's a fantastic person on our decor right now, but for eight years, like the term is 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 not that bad for eight years though. Eight? Like that that's another retirement contract on this team. And this is a team that can't afford to have yet another unmovable contract on our roster. I wouldn't quite say it's that bad. Like he's about to turn twenty seven, so that'll take him till he's, you know, thirty five. Which is like Based on Hannafin's game, like he's not a doesn't really rely on like speed or puck handling or something like that. So he does have really good hockey IQ. So he should be able to to weather that storm of aging in that regard. Like this is not a you're going to thirty nine forty, you know, Huberto, Kadri, and Weaker deal. So I would not view it in the same boat as one of those. But obviously, yeah, the final two years of what would have been that deal wouldn't have been great, but. We already knew that from all the other long-term deals that we signed recently, so... Yeah, okay. that That's a good point. I guess I'm just a little paranoid because of how, you know, the Kadri deal and how the Huberto deal has turned out so far. Um, Yeah, I don't know, because, you know, with the, with, the, with the direction that this team is going, I think, like, flexibility is key here because, you know... If you're doing as mid as this team is and you can't do anything about it, that's how that's how the decade of darkness is going to start. Because <laughs> we're bad and there's nothing we can do about it, right? So I think it, it's just right for this team to not make any long-term commitments right now. Exactly. It's so tough. But, you know, the, on, the only... Like, I love all these players that we've been talking about. But I think out of all of them, I think the only one that should be brought back on a long-term deal if he turns his game around is Lindholm. Because of what he's provided for this team for years now. Number one center, right? So, you know, out of everyone else, like, unfortunately, they just, I think they have to be let go. Or, or not let go, traded. <laughs> I agree, don't I don't agree. put that on my record. Um, <laughs> like they they got to be given up for assets, unfortunately. And Lindholm, I would love for him to stick around, maybe even on like a six to eight year deal. But that's it, right? And even I'd say even that's kind of pushing it. But mm-hmm. you know, that's my opinion. Yeah. So I mean, looking ahead now, uh, of course we're in the middle of the Canucks game right now. Uh, we're eight minutes into the second period, still tied 1-1. Uh, on Saturday, we're back at the Dome uh, to play the Islanders. I will be at that game. Uh, so hopefully we can bring home a W then. 
then Monday, we head to Seattle to play the Kraken. And then on Wednesday, we're back to play the Predators again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing really much else to say about those games. You know, the I mean, the Islanders are islanding. I, 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 islandering? I don't know. Being mid, essentially. So I think that could be a good W. Good, good W for us. Damn, I'm just... Nothing's working for me right now. Um, <laughs> um, and, and you know, the Kraken have been struggling too. So, you know, we, we got we got some good wins to grab here. And, you know, you mentioned Nashville. I honestly didn't think that we would win against Nashville when we played them, like, last week now. Um, solely just because I thought we were going to get goalied. Because that's what this... That's what this Flames team loves to do, is to get goalied. And Yusei Saros is the perfect candidate to goalie a team. But we won. So, whoa. So I'd say that's another good opportunity to win. Um, and yeah, I think one of the key things to do, because of course, you know, with the whole Zadorov thing, it, it's so easy for the locker room to become a mess. Because of course, like, you know, to have good locker room culture, you got to have commitment from the guys in the locker room. And the moment one guy just wants to like throw in the towel, especially when things are starting to go wrong, that's when things get bad. Things get real bad. And like, you know, multiple players have come out over and over and saying that they're focusing on hockey. And I mean, from what we've seen in, I, I don't know if we should count the Ottawa game, but what we've seen in Montreal and what we're seeing so far against Vancouver and next week we'll we'll wrap up the game in total and talk about it things seem to be going well despite everything that's going on exactly i think i mean it kind of goes without saying but we need to go at least 500 uh in these four games in the next week right it I mean, it goes without saying, if we lose all four, lose three of them, right, that's a step back. But if we can go 500, right, Canucks are a really good team. Uh, maybe we take the L, hopefully not. But if we can at least come out 500 or greater, right, that's a step in the right direction again. And right, like Rome wasn't built in a day. We're not going to rock to the top of the standings, but we just need to keep seeing this small incremental positive step in the right direction week after week and before you know up we're back in the hunt and now officially our pride is on the line <laughs> because the oilers have strung together some wins recently and i'll admit in convincing fashion i don't like it and the the only thing, and I've I know I've posted about it on our Instagram before. Um, the only thing that's kind of kept solace within me for how the season's been going for the Flames that at least the Oilers are doing worse. Like that's incredible. That's not the case but anymore. Now, yeah, that's not the case anymore. Exactly. So <laughs> now that they're starting to pick it up a little bit, we need to pick it up too because I am going at my radio station. I might die. I might die, okay? So, God, please. Um, but yeah, please. like Reese said, we, we, we got to go 500. 
in these next few games. At and least. I mean, as much as I want to say, like, oh, it'll be simple. You know, we're, we're playing the Islanders, the Kraken, the Predators. Like, we got it. We got it in the bag if we just keep our head in the game. We are talking about the Calgary Flames, the <laughs> most unpredictable goddamn hockey team out there. You don't know what the hell you're going to get from them from a night-in, night-out basis. That's why I hate them. I love them, too, but I hate them at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we got to get these Ws, though. Absolutely, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, an exciting week of hockey to look forward to. Uh, looking forward to being at the game uh, on Saturday with the boys. Hopefully, we're going to have a good time. Bring home a W. With the boys? Who who are who are these boys? Right now, it's only, it's only Levi Dykstra, but hopefully some more boys join as well. Levi, oh my god, I haven't heard that name since since high school. How how is Levi doing? He's good, he's good. Yeah, I think he's building houses now. He's a real good house builder. <laughs> Damn, nice, good for him. Yeah, but then uh, after that, we're gonna go uh with Nate Boak and some other people do a uh, pub golf in Calgary. So a pub golf? What? Yeah, I've I've never done it before. I think it's like you go to like nine or eighteen different bars, and it's like. Something to oh do my with God. how fast you can drink a beer or something like that. Like, you get scores. I don't know. I think I'm going to go find out. But maybe maybe Sunday will be a rough day for me. Who knows? Uh, I have never heard of that before. That's crazy. I uh, Like, uh, dude, I, I, I've never even really been on a pub crawl before. Like, usually my version of a night out is like, go to a bar, you know, stay there for a few hours then call it a night. I'm really boring. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, Anytime I go up to Edmonton, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But nine or eight, it's it's one or the other. Wow. That's still so much. God damn. I anyway, I wish you and your boys luck. Oh, oh, Flames just scored. Wait, yo, the Flames just scored? Who who, who was it? Who was it? Dubé from Mangiapani and Anderson. Nice. Oh, <laughs> um, So... We're, 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 we're not watching the game live necessarily, but we have a live tracker um, from Sportsnet. Super fantastic free way to kind of watch games if you want to watch them. And for me, the, the score sheet just says, Dylan Dubé scores a goal assisted by Andrew Mangiupani and Rasmus. Doesn't even say his last name. <laughs> just Rasmus. Thanks, Rasmus. Very cool. Hell yeah, dude. Okay. So now we're up 2-1. Shots are 17-14. to 14. I like it. I like it. We're winning the face-off battle now. Yeah, nice. So, and, it, you know, you're going to that game, and there is a chance we're still kind of working it out at the radio station um, where I might be at the December 2nd game against the Canucks um, at the Dome, literally a mirror of what's going on right now because um that's the flames indigenous night and for those who are who don't know i work for an indigenous radio station we have coverage all throughout the province so we did some coverage of the oilers indigenous night which happened like earlier this week as we're recording and i think we we might be getting some like some ins to this one more Ooh. than just kind of attending it and like posting our social media and be like, well, this is happening. So I'm going to kind of keep it under wraps because I don't know if I can talk about it. But <laughs> um, there is a chance I could be at that one. And that would be my first Flames game 
since last year, 2022 preseason. Oh, when we went to the Jets game, wasn't it? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Because, um, of course, going to Flames games, living in... Oh, wait, actually, no. Technically, my last Flames game was the Heritage Classic. What am I even saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How the hell do I forget that? Your last okay. Flames game in Calgary. Last Okay, last Flames game in Calgary was a 2022 preseason game. And then shortly after, I moved to Edmonton. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to things coming up. I mean, it's it's tough too. Um, just with everything going on behind the scenes. And it's it's so freaking easy to be toxic about it and just say, you know, oh, we gotta rebuild, you know, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, we gotta blow it up. But like, look at it this way, man. Like, the young talent coming up is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. they're injecting some really good vibes into this team. I mean, Connor Zeri, like, almost single-handedly revived Nazem Kadri. He has. And I am just, I, oh my god, I'm gonna go feral the day that um, Jakob Peltier is back on the roster. Ooh, January and if 1st. He, and he, if he's on the same line as Huberdeau, gosh golly gee, that is gonna be a great day. <laughs> We're just kind of rambling on at this point. So I think it is safe to start wrapping things up. So again, thank you so, so much for listening and for your continued support. We both really appreciate it. And be sure to follow us on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we are on Instagram at Talking Flames Pod. We always do like um, scoring updates and all that stuff. Um, other than that, yeah, make sure you hit the notification bell on Spotify so you know when we upload. Um, we're kind of starting to get into a theme of doing every Friday, so hopefully that kind of sticks around. Um, other than that, you got any final, final thoughts? Let's go, Flames! Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. We will see you in the next one.